and the economy in real trouble, as we've already documented this morning. Wage is still rising at a ridiculous level. There's no sign of any slack in the labour market, so interest rates will keep rising. 75 points from the Reserve Bank in a couple of weeks is a foregone conclusion, I would have thought. And then we get to yesterday's fiscal stability warnings from the Reserve Bank. It's all on the plate, of course, of the Finance Minister, Grant Robertson, who is with us. Very good morning to you. Morning, Mike. You worried the economy's going to undo you next year politically? Oh, I'm, I'm, that's not the focus for me. The focus for me is making sure that we do, you know, get New Zealand through what is a really tough global economic environment. And, you know, I listened to your intro there, Mike, and, and while you could put that slant on it, the other way of looking at it is that we enter this really challenging period with probably a better starting point than most other countries, having unemployment as low as we do, having our public debt as low as we do. So not underestimating the challenges that are in front of New Zealand over the next year or so, but, you know, I've got a lot of confidence and the resilience of our economy. Problem with the unemployment, though, is the biggest fiscal risk to the economy, this is the Reserve Bank yesterday, the biggest fiscal risk to the economy is rising unemployment, and yet that's exactly what they need to solve their problem, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this is the challenge of, of monetary and fiscal policy, being able to get us through this. You're absolutely right about the fact that, you know, unemployment going up, and as the Reserve Bank said, would put huge strain on, on people. It is our strength for New Zealanders that they're in work as interest rates rise. What everyone's looking for here is the sweet spot where, you know, we, we can't be unaffected by this global economic crisis. Therefore, there is the likelihood that unemployment will rise. That's what most forecasters are saying. But the sweet spot is making sure that that doesn't happen to a great extent that really damages people's you know, ability to meet the costs they've got. So yeah, it is a balancing act. It's the one that happens at this point in the economic cycle. Monetary policy's got a role to play. So do we as a government. You're sugarcoating that. The sweet spot's gone. The sweet spot was when Adrian Orr said uh, the cash rate will peak at 4.1% and everyone listens to them and goes, hell, I better do something about it. Instead, Countdown gives everyone a 12% pay rise and there is no movement in the... Un- That's gone. We're now in trouble, aren't we? Well, you know, we deal with the situation that's in front of us and there is still a balance to be struck here and making sure that we support New Zealanders to stay and work, that we do, you know, make sure our immigration system's working to support the availability of labour supply, which we are, uh, and that the Reserve Bank does its job to get inflation back down. There is still a sweet spot to be found and I, and I the risk of repeating myself, Mike, we're in a better place than most other countries to manage okay. that. Do you honestly, hand on heart, believe your immigration settings are working? Oh, yeah, look, I believe the reset was necessary and I believe that Immigration New Zealand are working um, day and night to process those applications. We've got more than 35,000 working holiday visas processed, uh, around 70,000 job checks done, which means the visas are ready to be granted if the people can be found. So the system has been reset. It is improving every single day. People are coming into New Zealand every single day. But the whole world's looking for Labour, Mike, and that is the big challenge facing us. So every single sector an industry that we have on this program every single day, every one of them saying that the immigration settings are wrong, we can't get workers, it isn't working, they just don't understand the system and they're wrong, are they? No, that's not what I said. What I said was that we reset the system at the end of July. That system is a much more efficient one now for workers when they're, for employers, sorry, when they're accredited. Um, the job checks have been done for about 70,000 jobs, which means the visas can be granted. We've got to get the people in here. And I am not underestimating the strain that, um, you know, the, the constrained labour supply puts on businesses. We are working with those sectors to 
to attract people into New Zealand. But I was in the States in the last couple of weeks, and every finance minister I spoke to mm. across the world has the same issue around getting labour force participation um, from immigration back up again after COVID. Um, we're not alone in this. New Zealand's got settings which I think are the right ones, but we've got to implement them. Why aren't the bus drivers on the list? Yeah, because I think, you know, traditionally we felt that we can fill the bus driver um, vacancy but you can't. in New Zealand. Well, in the past, Mike, from time to time we have seen people come in and, and I think, you know, Michael Wood is constantly looking at the list to see if it needs to be updated. But it does. Um, we obviously... That's the, Grant, he just announced $61 million the other day to give everyone a pay rise. That's part of the picture. But yeah. you need more bus drivers. There are no bus drivers in the country. We all know that. Bring them in. Why don't you just bring yeah, them well, in? Yeah, well, and as I say, Michael um, has constantly said that he'll review that list as we go to see where the gaps are. And if the gaps are there and it's demonstrated we can't find them in New Zealand, then those lists will be altered. So when will they be altered? Well, um, he does that on a regular and constant basis. And if you want to get him on the show, I'm sure he'll talk to you about his process there. So you're... Graham Rogers, who works with the Success Group, he was the bloke who made headlines over the weekend. He's in Britain. There's no one wants to come here. That's his experience. He goes to Malaysia. It's half the numbers that used to want to come here, come here now. He says we're short of 150,000. So you say you're processing up to 70. That still leaves 70 to 80,000 people short, doesn't it? Yeah, and it builds up over time, Mike. And as I say, this is common around everywhere in the world. There are thousands and thousands of vacancies in the kind of occupations you've just been discussing and that he was discussing last week in other countries too. This is the restart after COVID. It's not going to be able to just flick a switch and it comes back on. We've reset the system. It is much more efficient now than it was. But of course, it's not able to get people immediately. I talk to the same business people day in, day out, I hear those concerns. We work with Immigration New Zealand to change it, and it will improve, and we are seeing people come in. Got to get to COVID in just a couple of moments. This LSAP program, the Cash for Lending program the Reserve Bank's running, why is it still running? Well, it's it's not in the sense that it's been wound down. And in but it's still running until December. Well, you could switch it off immediately, but actually it's been wound down in such a way to manage both the Reserve Bank's balance sheet and indeed the overall government balance sheet. Um, the program itself was, was, you know, ended last year, but obviously there's a significant amount of money that was borrowed. You know, you and I have this conversation pretty much every time we talk. If we go back to 2020 and have, you know, the incredible foresight to know about the war in Ukraine and where the interest rates would be today, maybe different decisions would have been made. We didn't have that. The reason I'm asking is, do you worry about the margins of the banks, if they're getting money at 3.5% and floating money's at 75 heading towards 8 they're making mm. too much money, aren't they? So you're talking about the funding for lending programme, Mike, yep. rather than the... Sorry, my apologies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in terms of funding for lending, yeah, that was a commitment that the Reserve Bank made. That is definitely their decision to, you know, over the time frame. They didn't want to go back on the commitment that they made. Um, but obviously our banks... That a mistake? Know, the stability of our banks has been a, a hugely important part of supporting New Stabi- Zealand. Grant, the stability of our banks have never been more profitable. That's right, and I, don't worry, I'm the one who's been out there in the media in the last two weeks saying to the banks, this is the time for you, given your profits, to step up and support your customers, and I think that'd be the expectation of your listeners as well. Right, COVID. Did you or did you not promise to focus the COVID Response Recovery Fund specifically on meeting the direct costs of responding to COVID and the economy recovery from it, or economic recovery from it, not three waters? Well... 
very early on, we said that Three Waters was part of that for two reasons. The first of those is that you know the work that needs to be done to upgrade our water systems is not only important to our long-term economic prospects, but also in that period of time was was an area we thought we could provide jobs in the regions, and a big chunk of that $700 million has gone there. So you're we, arguing it's COVID-related? We did well. What I'm arguing is that there's two R's in the COVID response and recovery fund. One of them was the immediate response; the other was the recovery. We made that decision very early on. You don't think that's you don't think that's slippery or dodgy in any way, shape, or form? No, I don't, because it was always out there, Mike, and it was about making sure. It wasn't out there. You didn't announce it. No, it was. Hang on, let me finish my point. $710 million allocated out of that fund around three waters. That was about making sure that we provided, among a number of other initiatives, uh, things that would stimulate the economy in the regions. Within that, a decision was made to reallocate a portion of that funding to support the wider Three Waters program. You know, those decisions were made because we wanted the whole program to work so that we could deliver both economic stimulus and the kind of infrastructure we need. $14.6 million to increase iwi understanding. What on earth does that mean? What that means is making sure that we actually get an enduring solution on Three Waters. And again, you and I have talked about this before. If anyone thinks that we can solve problems and issues to do with water in New Zealand without bringing Māori along with uh, the wider population, then you're dreaming. And so we have to have a system that makes sure that we involve all New Zealanders in getting the best infrastructure we possibly can. Appreciate your time. As always, Grant Robertson, Finance Minister. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.